Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host. And before we jump into today's topic, I want to ask you, did you finish the last podcast or did you turn it off right toward the end when it looked like I was wrapping things up? Because I threw you a curveball and I played a song at the end of the last podcast. And I'm thinking maybe some people turned off the podcast and missed it. So if you did not hear the song at the end, I would go back to the last podcast, podcast number 130, and and listen to the very end because I played a very special song that sort of tied everything I talked about in that episode together. Okay? Now, I also remember, I didn't tell you the name of the song, <laughs> you know, because... Um, when I heard the song, I knew it was perfect for the episode, but I didn't really know the artist or the title. So if you want to know, and if you don't know, and maybe you, you used Shazam, you know, on the podcast, I don't know if you can use an app on your phone like Shazam to tell you what a song is in a podcast. I don't know, Matt, that's technically it's over my head, but the name of the song was Let Your Love Flow. And it was by the Bellamy Brothers. It's an old song. Been around, really catchy. So if you didn't hear that, go back and hear it. Uh, But I also tell you that, that there's a song at the end of this podcast. So when you sense I'm wrapping things up, you might not want to push stop and move on. You might want to hang around to hear the song that I've chosen to tie off our topic today. And so let's get to that right now. You know that this is part five of a five-part series that I've titled Trigger Warning, right? We are looking into the deep root causes of why our buttons get pushed. Why do we get reactive? Why do we get upset? Why do we get triggered? And what can we do about it, right? And one of the things that I've sort of beaten into your head here, hopefully, is that It's not just the surface condition or situation that triggers us. There's something going on behind the scenes. Something deeper is involved when we're getting triggered. And that is, to put it plainly, we are wanting something and we're not getting it. The situation or the event that appears to be triggering us If we look deeper, we're finding that we actually want something and this situation, this event, this person is not giving it to us. We're not getting what we want. And what we want, and they're common to every human being because they're called the five core wants of the ego, is we're either ultimately wanting security, safety, survival, or we're wanting approval to be liked, to be loved, appreciated, noticed, seen, or we're wanting to be in control, to feel okay, or we're wanting to be one with, or to be, to belong, to be connected. And then today's episode is about the wanting to be separate or to be free, to be autonomous, to be without obligation or responsibility, to be not be put upon, to have demands on us. Right? So these are the five core wants, and every human being has them. Okay? We, we, these are the things that are behind the scenes. Our lives are basically about getting these emotional wants or needs met. Now, I will grant you that some of them may be more intense for you than others. No doubt. Chances are, If you have a real wanting to be one and to be connected, you don't have a big wanting to be separate and free, okay? Or vice versa. 
in a sense. You follow me? But we all have them. And the insight here is when you get triggered by something, if you stop and ask yourself, all right, yes, that person said something or this situation is playing out this way or this is what's happening. Okay, so that's why it's pissing me off or triggering me or scaring me. But if I look deeper, you're going to find one of these five buttons is getting pushed. Ultimately, it's because you don't feel safe or approved of or in control or connected to or separate from. Ultimately, that's what's really happening. And so I'm walking you through each one of these five because the more that you understand them, the more that you can identify that that's what's happening, then you can work more positively when you're triggered. All right, most of us, when we get triggered, we go half cocked off on something. We give somebody a piece of our mind. We blow up their phone. We quit our job. We get in road rage. We create an argument. We get defensive. We, right, we usually just create more trouble and drama for everyone, including ourselves. That's what happens when we get triggered, right? But there's also ways that when we're triggered, we can be a bit more present with the whole thing and try to find out, okay, what's really happening here? Why am I feeling this way? What's really going on? And is there a way to handle this more positively? Is there a way to learn something? Is there a way to improve my relationships with others, to, you know, make better decisions, you know, to handle it in ways that might produce more harmony and groundedness rather than chaos and division and drama, okay? So that's been the intention of of this whole series. And so today, I come to the one that is the, the strangest and the most difficult to describe, which is the wanting to be separate. Um, it's very difficult to describe. It's really difficult to show you what to do when you're feeling it. But I'm going to give it my best shot. But one of the things that I want to point to first is that the first three, security, approval, and control, in a sense, they can stand on their own. They, they, can, they can stand apart from these last two. These last two of wanting to be one and wanting to be separate um, they kind of go together. They're, they're like two sides of the same coin, right? They're opposites in a sense. Security, approval, control are not opposites of each other, but oneness and separation sort of are. So these two, even though they're, they're core wants and they should be included in any discussion of human psychology, um, they sort of go together and to be very simplistic and very general, they sort of fall along traditional masculine-feminine lines, okay? The feminine, by definition, is more of a priority toward relationship. The feminine's priority is connection, love, intimacy, communion, celebration. It's much more people-oriented, emotion-oriented, connection-oriented. It's, it's much more about the stuff of life. And so very often, femininely identified people can feel the wanting to be one more intensely than masculinely identified people. Now, you know if you follow this podcast, we, we all have both masculine and feminine energy, okay? Just that most of us feel more identified with one than the other. And by the way, that's sort of what's happening in the trans conversation here, right? I've done a whole podcast on this, but the trans people are not talking about their biology, they understand that there's a male and female and there's different chromosomes. What they're saying is, I don't feel like my body. I might have a penis, but I don't feel masculine. I might have a vagina. I don't 
feel feminine. In fact, sometimes I go back and forth. Sometimes I don't feel like either. Okay? They're not talking about their biology. They're talking about their feelings. And how can you argue when someone says, I don't feel masculine? Oh, yes, you do. I'm, how could you argue with that? I don't. Someone says, I feel sad. What are you going to say? No, you don't feel sad. Feelings are inarguable. Okay? So the tr- trans people are just saying, my inner feeling of my identity doesn't match my body. And I think they're just wanting people to hear that and respect it. Now, I know the controversial part about exposing children to all of this. And I know the controversial part about trans people uh, competing in sports. Okay? Whole separate conversation. There is reason to be concerned, in my mind, about how children are exposed and whether they can handle conversations around sex and gender and all of that. Okay? There's, there, that, it's controversial for a reason. There is reason to be concerned about that. And there's certainly reason to be concerned about a guy like me deciding I feel feminine and wanting to play on the LPGA Tour because I'd kill him. Right? Well, not really at 63 anymore, probably. But, you know, when I was in my prime, I, I would be the leading money winner. It, it wouldn't be fair because I hit the ball so much farther. And, I'm, you know what I mean? So I'm stronger. I, I'm, I'm a guy, right? So, so I understand that. What I'm getting at is that the feminine energy, because it's not a gender and it's not a, it's not a sex, it's an energetic. The feminine is more wanting to be connected. The masculine is more, I want my freedom. I want to be separate. I'm afraid of constraint. Okay? So as we talk about the wanting to be one and the wanting to be separate, I think that's an important part to just keep in mind. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that every male uh, has got some fear of intimacy, fear of connection, and, you know, afraid of being trapped doesn't mean that. Then it doesn't mean that every woman has the wanting to be one either. I'm just giving some generalizations that when we talk about these two, we're talking about the yin and yang. We're talking about spirit and flesh. We're talking about masculine, feminine, right? We're, we're talking about these opposites. This, this, they're, they're actually one, but they're two sides of the same coin. All right? Yeah, so the feminine is more inclined to feel a lack and a pursuit of connection. And the masculine is more inclined to feel a lack of and a pursuit of freedom, of separateness. Okay? But here's another dimension that we can talk about with this. And that is all these, um, this attachment theory stuff. The wanting to connect, you're going to find when you, if you feel like that wanting to connect, the wanting to be one comes up, you have more of the anxious attachment style. You're anxious for attachment. You can't, you feel exposed without it, right? You're obsessed about it. People with an avoidant attachment style are going to recognize, oh, I got this wanting to be separate, this wanting to be free this avoidance of connection or fear of it, right? So I I just think those two paradigms can just give you some aha moments and hopefully give you more compassion for both of them, more understanding towards yourself, more understanding of other people in your life. Because as I talked about previously, you know, opposites attract. So chances are, If you have an anxious attachment style and you're a feminine person and you have a wanting to be one, you're going to end up falling in love with someone who has an avoidant attachment style and a fear of being trapped. (laughs) Why does, why does God do that to us? I don't know. Probably for our own growth and our, and our own ability to wake up 
to our things and see that we are whole and complete and we can let go of all the games and the neurotic things that we do around believing that we are lacking oneness or lacking freedom. Because just like I talked about last week about all the nutty things that we do when we feel like we don't belong and we're not connected and we're seeking oneness, those of us, and I'm one of them, who can really feel the wanting to be separate do equally nutty things. Because in my masculine nature, man, do I not want responsibility? Do I not want to be obligated? Do I not want to have to take care of things? Can I feel smothered and can I feel like I'm losing my autonomy? I mean, I definitely can relate to the wanting to be separate. There's a sense within me when I'm in this that life is a pain in the ass. Women are a pain in the ass. Because women are always wanting something. They're wanting to connect. They're wanting to talk. They're wanting to get together. They're, you know, and it's like, oh, God, can I just, can I just turn on the TV and veg out? <laughs> right? Do I have to take care of this? Do I have to fix that? Do I have to go take care of the car? Oh, it's got, oh, God, I got to get the oil changed. I got to, there's all the shit I got to do with my life. Right? That's the wanting to be separate. <laughs> The wanting to get out from under the obligations and the requirements and the responsibilities of life, okay? And when that is coming up in you, you do crazy things, right? You, you do insane things. Remember the song by Bruce Springsteen? And what did he, what did he say? Something like, um, oh, it's that... Oh man, I went out for a, I went out for a ride. I made a wrong turn and I never came back. Like a river don't that doesn't know where it's flowing. I made a wrong turn and just kept going. Everybody has a hungry heart, right? That song "Hungry Heart" is about someone who is wanting separation. Yeah, here it is. Got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. Went out for something and never went back. Like a river that don't know where it's flowing, I made a wrong turn and just kept going. <laughs> and there's a part of every masculine being and there's a part of ev- anyone who is feeling the wanting of separation that totally gets that song. It's like, oh my God, do I want to make a turn and never come back? Do I want to escape? But when we're in the throws up, when we feel like we aren't free, when we feel like we are burdened with obligation, we will do stupid things that hurt ourselves, that hurt the people around us, that hurt anyone near us. So this wanting of separation, you know, to my listeners probably is the one that you will identify with the the least amount. Because I think people that are really wrapped up and wanting to be separate are not listening to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. <laughs> right, right. But even if you are, that doesn't mean you don't feel this. See, because I was a love addict and yet there was this part of me that wanted to be separate. And you say, you know, how does that match up? I don't know how it matches up. It's just the reality of what it's like to be me. Okay? I mean, there's a part of me that I don't, I would not, I love being married. And, and I'm, I've never been single for very long. And yet there's a part of me that I need my, I need freedom. I need separateness. You know, and, Sometimes I feel very trapped in my life, not trapped by my wife, but just trapped by life and its obligations. I got to keep making money to keep paying bills to, you know, I got to keep taking care of my body and keep it healthy. And, you know, and I just, right. There's, <laughs> there's just this sense in me and anyone who can relate to this sense of separation that life is a hassle. It's just, there's, it's just, there's always something else. Right? You, you solve one problem, here's another one. 
It's like that plate spinner guy. You've seen the plate spinners, right? He gets one going, thinks it's all good, but then the other plate starts wobbling. Well, I got to go tend to that. Oh, I tend to that one. Well, now that one's wobbling. And you run around keeping all the plates spinning. Follow me? This is, this is the wanting to be separate. The wanting to be free of obligation, responsibility. Now, Let's just jump right into, because we, we've talked about the damage that you can do in your life. I mean, you can, you can quit your job. You don't want to have any response. You can quit your job. You, you, can, you can definitely make a wrong turn and just keep going. I mean, you, you are free. On one level, you can pack it in and leave. Well, I have kids. Well, you can leave your kids. I'm taking care of my mother. Well, you can leave your mother. Well, I have responsibilities at work. I have a company that I run. You can walk away from your company. You might not want to, but please don't tell me that you can't, right? You are free. Maybe you're living in some country where they've got a gun to your head, (laughs) right? I hope that's not true. I think in very many places on the planet, it could be true. But for most of the Western world, Nobody's putting a gun to your head about doing anything. You can abandon your children and your, your parents and your friends and your job and your own company and your own spouse, right? I could get in my car today and leave and never talk to my son again, never talk to my wife again, and just go off into the woods <laughs> if I wanted to, right? So part of what we need to understand when we're feeling trapped and we're wanting to be separate is we can't play the victim. We have to own that we are choosing to stay. We are choosing the responsibilities that we have. We're choosing to fulfill them. We're choosing to raise children. We're choosing to be married. We're choosing to have a company. We're choosing to go to work on Monday morning. I'm choosing to do this. How am I complaining? Because I am free. So on one level, we really do need to get, because I've, I've had this conversation many times with clients, you know, they're taking care of an elderly parent that's really inhibiting their love life. I'm like, you don't have to do that. Well, yes, I do. I said, no, you, no, you don't. You don't have to take care of your mother. You could walk out today and never come back. Couldn't you? Well, yeah, but I would never. Okay, right. You would never do that. And I agree with you. Good. You probably shouldn't do that, but you're choosing to stay, right? You have to own that you are choosing to stay. So don't complain about not being free. You are putting yourself in your obligations. You are, you are choosing to fulfill your responsibilities. And most of the time, good for you. You shouldn't, you know, I hate to drop shouldn'ts on you, but you shouldn't abandon your children, <laughs> You shouldn't abandon a needy parent. It's depending on you. You shouldn't abandon your company or your job, right? Maybe there's something that you do need to walk away from. That's a whole different discussion. Um, We're going to get into that in the next series when we talk about crisis points, the young life crisis, the midlife crisis, and the old life crisis. There are times where big changes need to be made, Okay, but for the most part, One of the ways that we can, when we get triggered by responsibility, like, oh man, somebody's asking me of something more. Somebody's wanting something of me. You know, the boss came in on Friday afternoon, put a bunch of shit on my desk, you know, ah, right. Um, My spouse is this, or my partner's that, or, you know, whatever it might be. When you feel like, God, I just want to get away. Remember the old Southwest Airlines uh, promotional slogan. Southwest is a, is a big airline here in, in the U.S. if you're overseas. And they had a promotional campaign where they showed someone in some really difficult spot and then the announcer said, you want to get away? <laughs> and then they offered these special deals to fly to the beach or Florida or somewhere like that. Like you, It's a, like a, a getaway price right? So they're kind of playing on this idea of how common it is to want to just get away, to get out from under the responsibility, 
right? But one of the ways we break free of being triggered by how much life is always asking of us and it keeps putting something in front of us, like I just said, one thing breaks down and you fix that and then another thing breaks down. I mean, own a damn house and see what happens. You fix the washing machine, then the dryer goes out and then the AC breaks down and then you got to paint the outside of the house. It's like, God, right? Which is why I don't want to own a house. I'm going to, my wife and I are going to buy a townhouse. I don't want to do all that. Outside. I don't want to fix the roof and, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> I've owned three houses in my life. I don't want to do that anymore, which is the wanting to be separate. Do you follow me? But when you're in, when you're triggered by responsibility or you feel like somebody's infringing on your freedom and so forth, you really have to remind yourself you're not a victim. Nobody is holding a gun to your head. You don't have to do anything. You're choosing to stay where you are and to fulfill your obligations and your responsibilities. You're choosing it. And that can bring a real relief to you. No, I'm choosing this. I'm I'm choosing to raise these kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing to own a house. I could sell it and live in an apartment, but I don't want to. Good. Well, then don't complain about fixing things at your house. That's what, that comes along with it. Same with a relationship. You can complain about a partner, you know, they're wanting to talk to me, they're wanting to do this, I just want to sit and watch the golf tournament, or, you know, I just want to go shopping, and they're this, and they want me to go with their family. All right. You don't have to be in that relationship. Well, I, I love my wife, I love my husband, or I love my partner. I, okay. Well, then that means you're choosing that in a relationship, there are some of these responsibilities and obligations. And then you're, you're free. You're free to do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you really are. And if you decide you want to stay, good for you. Then, but you have no reason to complain about obligations and responsibilities that you are choosing to do. So on that level... You can know that I'm already free because I can walk away from this stuff. But on the deeper level, and this is where it begins difficult to describe, who you are is already free. Consciousness itself, which is who you are, is already free. Now, what do I mean by consciousness is who you are? What I mean is that Anything that you can identify or point to is not you. So like if I can point to the vase that's on my credenza, I know I'm not the vase. I'm the one looking at it, right? There is a subject-object relationship. So any object I see can't be who I am, because I'm the one looking at it. Now, that's obvious for things outside of ourselves. I look at the tree. Well, I'm not the tree. I'm the one looking at it. I look at the doorknob. I'm not the doorknob. I'm the one looking at it. But it's also true on things inside of us. Our sensations, our emotions, our thoughts, and our wants. They're also objects, are they not? They're objects that we see, that we notice, that we feel. So if I notice a thought, then I can't be the thought. If I notice an emotion, I can't be the emotion. I'm the one who notices anger. If I notice that my stomach is in knots, I can't be my stomach knots because I'm the one noticing them. I am in a sense, separate from what I'm noticing. I'm, I'm the one who's aware of what's appearing. I am the space in which these things appear. 
or I am the consciousness in which the contents appear. Think of it this way. You go to a movie theater and there's all kinds of images that appear on the screen. Different kinds of movies. Action movies, dramas, comedies. Right? But the screen is always the same. The screen is that which everything appears on it or in it. So the screen is like your consciousness. It's what everything appears in or on. So the deep work here is to recognize that who you are is that which is witnessing or observing or noticing everything that's happening. But that witness or that observer, that noticer is already free. It's empty space. It's just conscious presence. It is no thing or emptiness as the Buddhists say. The Buddhists speak of emptiness. And what they're referring to is who we really are is empty because we are the awareness, that which notices everything. But what's noticing isn't anything. It has no quality. If it had a quality, that's something you would notice. So consciousness is always prior to what you're noticing. And so that consciousness is already free. It's already separate. It's the subject seeing all the various objects outside of our body and inside of our body. It's prior to. It's before. It's like the space in the heavens and then there's all the stuff, the planets, the galaxies, the comets, the moons. There's all kinds of stuff in space. Space is the consciousness. It's empty. But yet within it appears all these things. But the space is free. The space is empty. So when we are feeling triggered by responsibility, like the world's infringing on us and asking of us, and it's just one thing after another, and we're wanting to be separate, we can recognize that we already are. That even though I'm engaging in life and I'm raising children, I'm loving a partner, I'm running a business, I'm involved in various clubs and volunteer activities or I go to a church or I'm doing X, Y, or Z and I have all these things on my schedule. I first recognize I'm the one putting them on the schedule. I don't have to. So I'm not a victim. No one's forcing me to do anything. But on a deeper level, I am set apart from all of it. I am... This, I am the consciousness that's aware of what I'm doing in life, who I'm being, what I'm choosing to do. So consciousness is already free. That's what I'm saying. And a lot of what my journey is, is trying to feel that more deeply and deeply in my bones. Because the more I feel that I'm already free, that I am just conscious presence and life is showing up in front of me. I'm, I'm able then to engage joyfully with, li- with what life pre- presents before me. I mean, I'm able to engage joyfully with my responsibilities. Yes, I can set boundaries as to what's reasonable and what's not, of course. But I can engage joyfully in parenting, in a relationship, in my profession, in the other 
obligations and responsibilities that I'm choosing to be involved in. I don't have to see it as a burden. I don't see it as I'm being trapped because I'm already free. And I'm engaging in the world from that free space. From the awareness that who I am can't be trapped. Just like you can't trap space. (laughs) You can't trap consciousness. And this is why I struggle with meditation being consistent. But this is where you really learn this is in a meditation like using the the Sam Sam Harris waking up app and you do that introductory course that I've talked about right and, and you consistently engage in meditation because you're you're strengthening your ability to know yourself as the witness and not getting lost in everything that's being witnessed all the obligations and responsibilities so You're learning through meditation who you really are. I am the one who's watching, who's witnessing, who's observing. And I can stand in the midst of my life already free. Nothing can contain me. Nothing can trap me. Nothing can constrain me. So I don't have to be afraid of intimacy. I don't have to be afraid of a relationship that might smother me. I don't have to worry about my privacy. I don't have to worry about protecting my autonomy because I am already free. And from that awareness that I am beyond time and space, that I am whole and complete and already free, I can set healthy boundaries. I can say no, but I can also fully engage in everything I'm doing and not do it with resentment and not even do it as if it's an obligation. See, if I'm free, there is no obligation. I'm doing these things because I'm choosing to do them. They're an expression of my love. They're an expression of my gifts. They're tasks and opportunities that I am willingly taking on And I can engage in my life with joy and love and humor and playfulness. And because I'm already free, I can set appropriate boundaries and say no. And I don't choose that because I know that I'm not a victim. I choose what occurs in my life. I choose my responsibilities. And so I'm free to say no, but I'm also free to say yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, Roy, but uh, God, you know, how do you, I don't know how you get there. I think you just get on this spiritual path and you start using not just any meditation app. You really use like a, the Sam Harris one, the waking up app, lots of meditation stuff is good, but it's not helping you see this. Right? There are different kinds of meditation. You can do meditations for stress relief and meditations just to help you fall asleep. And you could do meditations to kind of just soothe you when you're feeling anxious. Or you can do a type of meditation where you are trying to really discover who you are and who you aren't. And that's a deeper kind of meditation. And the only one that I know of is either practicing Vipassana, a Buddhist meditation, or do what Sam Harris is doing in his his app, the Waken Up app, and that's much more accessible. The Vipassana things, to get into Vipassana meditation, the Buddhist meditation, you begin with a 10-day silent retreat. 10 days, no phone, no talking to anybody else, no eye contact, you meditate for 14 hours a day for 10 days straight. One meal per day. That's it. Okay, I've done one of those. Hardcore. <laughs> okay? So, unless you want to go hardcore, I suggest you get Sam Harris's you know, meditation app, the Waking Up app. You can ask for a free year subscription. 
they don't mind. They encourage it if you can't afford it. I think it's a hundred some dollars for a year. It's well worth it. But if you can't afford it, then send them a, you know, send an email to support at wakingup.com and say, I hear you offer a free one year subscription to get your app. Can I have it? And they'll say, yep, bing, it's yours. Okay. No questions asked. But this, this movement of first recognizing you're not a victim and then doing the deeper work of seeing that you are already free, that nothing can impinge on it, nothing can take it from you, no obligation, nobody can make you a slave in this sense, nobody can force you, right, because you're already free. You're, and I kind of almost want to edit out that slave word because that I, you could misunderstand me. I'm not talking about slavery. <laughs> I shouldn't have used that phrase. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm just going to explain it right here. But there is this opportunity to see that we are whole and complete unto ourselves and that consciousness is already free. So when you're on that path and you're also looking at your life, and I mean looking at your schedule and looking at all the things that you do, I got to go see my parents um, because it's somebody's birthday. I got to go to this birthday party. I got to go to this family gathering. No, you don't. Well, if I don't, they're never going to speak to me again. I'm not saying there's not consequences if you walk away from things. If you walk away from your children, there may be even legal consequences, as there should be, certainly financial consequences. You walk away from a family birthday party for Nana's 90th birthday, and and I don't want to go to that. You don't have to go. Yeah, you might get a lot of feedback. (laughs) But don't talk as if you are forced to do things. You're... You're just not forced to do anything you don't want to do. You are already free. You can face the consequences if you want. Right? So these are the two things that you can focus on when you're feeling triggered by, oh, I want to be separate. I just, oh, can I just, can I get some space? Can you leave me alone? Can you just... Just, you know, now, there's a time for the man cave or the woman cave, whatever version that is, going, hanging out with a friend or listening to music, going for a walk. I don't know what women do when they need space. <laughs> right? So there's there's a time, of course, if I need some space, I can go work out, I can tell my wife I'm just going to watch a ball game and and just I'm going to go upstairs in my room and meditate. That's what I do sometimes when I just need to kind of get away from whatever it might be. Just come up in my office, turn on my waking up app, do a 15, 10-minute meditation and just kind of get a little grounding, kind of remind myself I'm already free. Do I need to make changes in my life? Do I need to adjust some agreements I've made? Right? Because maybe that's the other dimension we can mention very quickly here is that when we are feeling that we want to be separate, that we want to, we don't want these obligations, we're feeling overwhelmed by responsibilities, we really can evaluate the things we're committed to. And maybe we need to set boundaries. Maybe we need to let something go. Maybe we've been volunteering or doing something or coaching somebody's baseball team. And maybe it's time to let something go. Maybe we've been babysitting for somebody's kids or covering for this or that. And maybe when you're feeling this wanting to be separate thing come up, 
maybe it's a bit of a warning light on your dashboard saying it's time to maybe renegotiate some things, to reevaluate what you're doing with your time and, and what your relationships are like. Really healthy, conscious people are always sort of auditing their lives. Is this productive? Am I called to do this? Is this mine to do? Is this my responsibility to take on? Am I over-functioning? Am I heroing and rescuing and saving people from things that maybe they should be taking responsibility for? Because there's a certain Enneagram type that can really get into this wanting to be separate. And that's the type two, the helper, the helper who can't say no to anyone. The helper who just wants to help everybody and fix all their problems. And, and then sometimes they can be overwhelmed by, because everybody needs them. Everybody's, everybody keeps coming to me with their problems. And, and I have to keep, you know, it's like the type two is the perennial plate spinner. And they can feel like I'm over-functioning. I'm overdoing everything. I'm trying to help people more than they're trying to help themselves. What the hell? Right? So sometimes we need to use this thing coming up, this wanting to be separate when we get triggered. Maybe we need to evaluate what we're doing. Maybe we need to make some changes. So I think those are that's, that's three really good things. One, you're not a victim, you're choosing your life. Two, the spiritual path is to recognize that consciousness is already free. You are simply witnessing everything that's happening. It's not who you are. But then three, to use your trigger to pop, possibly give yourself a, a really good deep question. What do I need to reevaluate in my life? What do I need to take a look at? Maybe I need to re renegotiate some things. Maybe I need to get some things off my schedule. Maybe I do need to go on a retreat or take a vacation or get a break, right? So there could be some self-care that comes up when you're wanting to be separate. So there, there, those are some deep dimensions of this last core want and I hope that's of service to you. And it may just bring up that maybe you really need coaching around this because reorganizing your life, reorganizing some of your relationships and your commitments, that can be difficult. There can be some very challenging conversations. There can be some hurt feelings. There's a, there's, there's a wise way to clean up your life if you feel overly committed and you've taken on too much and you feel trapped. The unwise way is to blow up your life and make a wrong turn and just keep going in whatever way you do that. The wise way is to take responsibility for what you have created and then take responsibility for how, how can you reorganize your life but not leave anybody hanging, right? How, how can you create a graceful exit from certain responsibilities, but perhaps create opportunities for someone to take your place so that the ball does not get dropped, right? So there, there are unwise way, ways to get free and there are wise ways to get free. And you might need coaching around that. I've had to do this numerous times in my life. And I've learned some lessons the hard way. <laughs> as most lessons are learned that way, I think. At least the, the best ones. So if I can be assistance, of, of assistance in any of these core wants, um, in navigating them and understanding them and applying them, you know where to find me. Right? You... You can just email me at Roy at coachingwithroy.com or you call me on my cell phone, 407-687-3387. Now, don't turn the podcast off because I want to finish with another song or a part of another song. This one, I bet you are familiar with and I bet you even know the name and the artist. And I think it's a fitting song. And if you can... 
as best you can, listen to the words. And if you can't Google the words, because the, the words in this, the artist doesn't sing them with the kind of clarity that I would like um, so that you could really hear the words. So you might want to Google some of them and really get the flavor of the song because it really does speak to a person who has been wrapped up in wanting to be separate and wanting to be free um, and all the damage and hurt and difficulty that that can create. So the song is by the group The Eagles and it's called Desperado. Desperado Why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences For so long now Oh, you a hard one I know that you've got your reasons These things that are pleasing you Will hurt you somehow Don't you draw the queen of diamonds, boy She'll beat you if she's able The queen of hearts is always your best bet Now it seems to me some bad things Have been laid upon your table But you're You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.